Hello and welcome to The Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here today with Pat Abendroth, and we are ready for episode number 57, another great episode we're hoping for you today on Evangelikitch 2.0. We did, didn't we do this on the last episode? Oh, that, that was just, just Evangelikitch. That was Evangelikitch. This is 2.0 because 2.0. The, we have a list. Yes. So we're talking about things that sound profound, but when you look at under the hood, there's not much there. there yes. There's not a lot of horsepower. Right. So things that look perfect on the outside, prof- they might even sound profound. Things that evangelicals say, things that sometimes we've even said. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It's time to maybe... Um, have a retirement party for them. Yes, and retire buy them a those. cheap gold watch that looks real fancy, <laughs> uh, but isn't actually that fancy. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, we had a great time with it last time. Got some really helpful feedback that was positive. And then today we want to move that ball forward. What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know. Roll, roll it, move it, okay, pass it down we're, court. We're going to keep moving forward. And as we do so, let's just acknowledge we're being critical. We're saying, all right, here's a, here's a slogan that evangelicals use. Right. And uh, let go and let God or something like that. We're sure. Not, that's not, actually not on the list. But someone suggested that it could be. So that, that was a good idea. Maybe right. we'll do yeah. that in 5.0 or 5.0, something like that. Yeah. But things like that that we say, you know, there's a, there's a kernel of truth. There's something about it that rings true. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, maybe we, we just need to put that one out to pasture. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because there's enough about it that's not true. So as you're listening today, we would just encourage you to listen and consider when you hear one of these phrases, think, okay, here's what's good about it. And yet here's what maybe is weak about it or shallow about it. Right. Uh, so it's kind of like jelly, even jelly kitsch. It, it promises, <laughs> I mean, it tastes great, yes. but there aren't a lot of meaningful calories. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, so that, the evangelic kitsch, those statements, they might sound great, but might just be a little empty behind it. Yep, cheesy or cheesy, che- cheese whizzy, cheese whizzy, tacky. Now I do have something that is evangelic kitsch ish, kind of. It's pactum kitsch ish. Pactum kitsch. So, uh huh. Yeah. So <laughs> what, you what I have here on the table. So <laughs> if you can see this, pactum listeners, it's because you have superpowers. <laughs> because we're not videotaping this. We might post pictures of it though. We could do video. That. Yeah. So when I was doing a little kitsch research, one of the things that came up. Uh, were snow globes. Oh. They were considered kitschish. Really? And I thought, there are nice snow globes. Yeah, I wonder why. Huh? I think maybe because there are also snow globes, like this plastic one that I got, <laughs> that I'm shaking. <laughs> it's like rubbery plastic, and you can... In, it's a pactum snow globe. It's a pactum snow globe. <laughs> oh, my. So, that's... Fascinating. Right? I just passed it over to Mike. And, the Pactum uh, Snow Globe. Yeah, it, it literally is a Pactum Snow Globe. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to... De- that is very Evangelic Hitch. It's, it's super Evangelic Hitch. <laughs> so I thought about putting a picture of me in it and giving it to you, uh, but it just didn't, it didn't really work. So, yeah, yeah it, it's kitschish. <laughs> it is very kitschish. <laughs> so the awesome and amazing secret Pactum Studio now has new decor. Yeah. When we have a video studio someday, right? when we're on Evangelic Kitch 27.0, it'll be right that'll there. be in the background. Uh-huh. I wish it was electric, though, so, or battery-operated. Oh, so sure. So you didn't have, have to keep, shake it. Keep shaking it. It's amazing what you can get on Amazon in 24 hours or less. It is fascinating. For like ten ninety nine. That's wild. There. That one makes me feel like it might explode if you're not careful. Maybe, maybe. And you I know. did just insert those Pactum stickers in there. I didn't pay a lot of attention to how I was cutting them. But wow, <laughs> you'll want to be sure <laughs> we'll post to go to uh, 
social media and check that out. Evangelikitch yeah. packed them snow globes. Maybe this can be on our new merch lineup. Uh, yeah, I think they would sell by the thousands. <laughs> I think it would cost us thousands of dollars to, sh- to ship it, <laughs> it because would. it's too heavy. It'd explode all over the place. Three easy payments of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that can be yours. We're not going there, but it kind of proves the point as to what we're getting at today. Yes, it, it really does. All right, awesome. Well, let's, let's get, get rolling yep. with our Evangelikitch two list. We've got here. The first one is God told me. No, he didn't. Okay, let's do the next one. (laughs) On episode 35, we did an episode called God Told Me. Yes, we have an entire episode on this. So check that one out because people say God told me, and I think a lot of times they don't even mean it. Yeah, I I would agree. And so if you don't really mean it, don't say it. Right. (laughs) So we believe that special revelation um, is limited in the day in which we live with a closed canon. We have all of scripture. Right. We're not adding to scripture. We're not going to, we're not looking for third Timothy Titus. Titus might be Timothy. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not looking for second Titus. Uh, and so contra to Rome, contra to the crazy wild eyed charismatics, right. um, contra to the cults, uh, we believe we have the sufficient scripture. So we're not getting or receiving new revelation from God. Right. Yep. Our creeds and confessions would affirm this as Protestants. So don't go there. It's just a, it, it, it's manipulative. Um, it's just, it's not helpful. God leads, God guides, God um, uses his spirit in our lives. He uses people. He uses all different sorts of means. Yep. He can use supernatural means. He can talk if he wants to. Yes. Um, but it's not ordinary. It's right. It's not pro- the normative thing that that would be happening yep. now in our day. Yep. And if you say God told me something, just so you're aware, uh, we don't believe you. I don't believe you. No. So let's just stop saying that and maybe say I was convicted. Maybe say I was burdened. Maybe say I just did something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anything else we need to say about that one? I don't think so. I think it'd be helpful for our listeners if they want to dive a little bit deeper into God told me and thinking about that to go and listen to episode 35. Absolutely. We are supernaturalists. We believe in special revelation. Yes. We just don't think it's ongoing today. Right. Yes. So Evangelic Hitch 2.0 number two. Yep. Is Moving right along. Deeds, not creeds. It's one of those where you want to go, mm, 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 mm. just like creeds. You, you want to just savor that because it sounds so spiritual <laughs> and yet it's, it's like jelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deeds, not creeds. It bro. is, it is not going to sustain me as I keep going. Yeah. Oh, uh, when I, I did a little, a few searches on this and the, I think the number one hit or the standout hit was, uh, from the Unitarian Universalist church. The Unitarian Universalist Church. Yeah, they would really they would deny the basics of the Christian faith. Yeah. So, uh, with that in mind, they're all about deeds, not creeds, because they don't believe in creeds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't believe in the supernatural, uh, and so we better get busy because Christianity is all about our busyness. Yeah. Um, because it's not all about the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Right. So, in if deeds not creeds, somebody's saying that they're they're trying to put an emphasis on more of your practical living, uh, what you're doing, and way less, if any, emphasis on a formal belief system. Absolutely. Right. Now, let's let's talk about the place for, for uh, deeds. Yeah. Well, deeds are a good thing, good works that God has prepared beforehand for us that we should walk in them, Ephesians 2.10, I think of that. Absolutely. 
Uh, those are good. And maybe some Christians only pay attention to creeds and they don't do any good. That's not helpful. Right. No, that's not. I like to think in terms of 1 John four nineteen, uh, when it's a great wedding. Uh, we like weddings on the pactum. And uh, <laughs> it's a great wedding of the two. We love. So those are the deeds that we want to perform. We want to love other people. We want to love God. We want to ha- have acts of charity, mercy, compassion. We love. Why? Because he loved Excuse me, he first loved us. Yeah. So that second part sounds pretty creedish to me. Yeah. Even the order, one comes first and the result comes next. Right. So because God loved us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins, all of these wonderful things that we learn about that are creedal, that are confessional, that are doctrinal. Mm. Yeah. And as a result, we want to say, I have gratitude in my heart. I want to go love my neighbor. I want to go do something charitable. So deeds and creeds, both are important. Uh, I think back to the series we did, Marching with Machen, and it reminds me of even things he was saying back in his day, oh, early 1900s, 1923-ish, where it was all about we have to do, 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 and um, that's Christianity, when in fact Christianity, first and foremost, uh, is about what Jesus did for us, and then we respond. Right. Yep. It's weird how things bleed from theological liberalism into evangelicalism, mm. because I've heard so many Christians who are Bible thumping, Bible believing, uh, <laughs> and yet it's you know it's it's deeds, not creeds. Yeah. So a friend of mine just talked to me this morning, and he was encouraged by someone when that someone found out he was. Uh, a member or attending Omaha Bible Church, well, you just need to be careful about all all that learning, (laughs) all that learning you're going to be doing there, and you need to be out in your community serving. So Mm. deeds, not creeds. We are for both false choice. Yes, that is a false choice. Behind door number three, Evangelikitch, deeds, not creeds. Deeds, not creeds, yes. Well, let's keep rolling. This ball is rolling. That's keep, we keep saying that, but let's keep moving on in our list. We are pressing on. That sounds more biblical. Oh, it does. Uh And that fits the episode. Let's press on towards the goal of the end of the episode, the prize. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) number three on the Evangelikitch 2.0 list, theonomy or autonomy. Uh-oh, this is going to be controversial. This is, this is a... Ooh. So uh, theonomy or autonomy, yeah. I, I don't think this one is very popular in uh, in broad evangelicalism, but since theonomy is on the rise... Yes, it is. You might be hearing it more and more. I'm hearing it more and more. Right, yep. So uh, if this one doesn't pertain to you and you've, ne- you've never heard it before, keep listening. This is yeah. educational. It's good. It's right? Helpful. You need to be aware. Or you can just fast forward or put us on 2.0 and we'll talk a lot faster than that. And... <laughs> Don't do that. Okay, we did an episode on theonomy. It's called Saying No to Theonomy. We're not theonomists. We're not big fans of the theological movement, though there are dear brothers and sisters in Christ involved in it. So that is episode 17, Saying No to Theonomy. Uh, Let's talk about what that means, Mike, and then let's deal with this phrase, um, theonomy or autonomy, because uh, it's definitely on the rise, and I I think it needs a gold watch. Sure, yeah. Uh, theonomy. So if you listen to episode 17, you'll hear us talking about theonomy, what it is. But theonomy, uh, if you're not going to go back and listen, is talking about law, God's yep. law, and having God's law, all of it, every bit and piece of God's law applying currently to life now, here and today. Okay, I think that's probably a good generalization enough yeah. to make theonomists mad. Yeah, you know. So if we just take the word apart, it's theos, God. 
uh, Theo, think God, and then Namas law, God's law. We would affirm God's law on right. pactum. Yes, we think it's really important. It's all true. Uh, so we would we would actually affirm the statement. So it's either God's law. If you're not under God's law, then you can do whatever you want to do, and you're right. yeah. you're autonomous, and that 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 would be a bad idea. No Christian should believe that. Right. But the way theonomists mean it is it's either theonomy as our system, as in you must follow the Mosaic law, for example, the national Israeli, if you will, Israel-specific law. Right. Um, you must do that. And if you're not doing that for your ethics, uh, then you're just being autonomous and you're not under God's accountability. You're not under his authority. And that, that's simply not true. Sure. So it's like they're forcing you to sign up for their system. Uh, by by saying, well, which one is it, theonomy or autonomy? Mm. And they get this from a quote from Van Til, uh, Cornelius Van Til, which is a fine quote, uh, but they, I, th- I think they've hijacked it. Mm. I'm going to quote Greg Bonson here, who is a theonomist. He says, Dr. Van Til taught us that there is no alternative but that of theonomy or autonomy. So there you have it in Bonson's uh, writing, what is theonomy? Well, okay, I can agree. We can agree on the pactum. We think everyone can agree with what Van Til said, uh, but that doesn't mean theonomy as the system. Hmm. So we, we think it's uh, intimidating. We think it's setting you up because here's the deal. The deal is, here's the dealio. Yeah. <laughs> the deal is even natural law is God's law. Yes, yeah. So whether you're talking about script inscripturated law, whether you're talking about the law given to Israel, or you're talking about natural law, it, it's all gods. Mm-hmm. And think, think of Romans chapter one and Romans chapter one, even general revelation shows us God and we're accountable for what he's shown us. So with that in mind, um, there, there is no such thing as autonomy, but you don't have to be a theonomist. You don't have to subscribe right. to the system to acknowledge everyone is accountable to God. Everyone is accountable to God's special revelation as it pertains to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone is responsible for his general revelation as well. And it pertain, it does pertain to absolutely everyone. Right. So I don't know if I've been clear enough on that, Mike, or if I need to shake the snow globe. If you shake the snow globe, it's going to clarify and, and, everything and it might, bring for some, listener. might yeah. bring some clarity. I think it's affirmed by people who, who want red meat and want the slogan. It's like, it's like a slam dunk Sure. or by the naive. Yeah. And we just don't need to be naive. Um, I can affirm the statement, but I can't affirm the system. Right. Episode, so, so it's the question is a trick. And it, that's the problem. Here. I think. I it's, think it is. It's a. There's a trick behind that. Is it theonomy? Is it autonomy? Well, we we would affirm theonomy as far as God's law a- versus autonomy, meaning myself and whatever I want. Obviously, that's we would bad. go for that. But the problem is the system that you would see theonomists following now, we would not affirm that. Absolutely. So, yep. That's good. I think you were looking into the globe. I was looking and- deep into the snow globe <laughs> of the pactum verse. The swirling stuff. <laughs> For our listeners, Pat keeps every so often shaking it to make sure it's snowing throughout the entire episode. It is going to be 70 degrees here today, so I, oh, we, we need inspiration awesome. from the snow globe, the that's Pactum awesome. snow globe. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about natural law. We've done a couple of episodes. One is called Natural Law, 
and the other one is called DVD on Natural Law. I bring that up uh, because theonomists tend to not like natural law. Right. And that's why they want to say, well, you're just promoting autonomy and now people aren't accountable. No, they actually are accountable to the point where Paul says they're without excuse. Right. They're without excuse even if they don't have a Bible. Right. So we do not think uh, that the intent of the Mosaic Law would be to provide ethics for all people of all time. Right. Yeah. As the prescriptive uh, method. Yeah. So episode 27 is that episode on natural law. Episode 52 is DVD on natural law. And as we mentioned earlier, if you want to look a little more into theonomy, that'd be episode 17, yep. saying no to theonomy. Excellent. All right. Evangel- Evangelikitch, I still can't say it. Evangelikitch 2.0. Number four today is, ooh, I like this one. To me, it means. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, to me, it means. I don't know if I've ever said it. I might have said it early in my Christian life. I'm, I'm fairly confident I've said it. I couldn't think of a specific, you know, instance where I said it, but I'm okay. pretty sure I have. Um, it's like the evangelical version of my truth. Yes. Yeah. I have a vivid memory of using not the phrase to me it means, but explaining uh, to a family member, no, here's what it really means because it's what it meant to me about predestination. Okay. <laughs> and I was off in left field and I was basically pulling a to me it means right? Uh, because it made me feel better about things. It put me a little bit more in the driver's seat. And so, you know. I said, to me, it means. Okay. <laughs> it, it's, or, or maybe another, um, we, we could change it a little bit. Um, I feel like. I feel like. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's kind of strange that evangelicals have been talking this way for a long time or speaking this way for a long time, and it seems like now the culture is catching up. Now it's my truth. Right, it's my truth, yeah. Yeah, usually we ape the culture, and, and now it's almost They're like. They're following us. Way. We're yeah. trendsetters. <laughs> yeah. Let's remember that Jesus said um, he is the truth. And so there, there is such a thing as objective truth. Uh, there is even, he didn't only say he's the truth. He also spoke of objective truth. So John 14, but also in John 17, there is such a thing as the truth and it's true whether or not we know what it means. Right. Um, but to me, it means I can just see the Bible study setting and it's all happening. And, oh yeah. And, and here we go. So, and I like to say, well, now that we know a lot about you, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about God. Right. Reading the verse. And what's that mean to you? Well, to me, it means that's right. And yeah. it's, it's not wrong to sit and meditate on scripture, to think on scripture. So one thing I've observed lately in theology classes that I teach is that more and more students are posing uh, their comments in the form of a question. Oh, instead of the, well, to me it means, right? But it's thinking about it, but posing it as a question yeah. instead to kind of throw it out there. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. Plus I like it. I like it because that way you're, 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 it's safe. You're, you're not saying something that, you know, people can't say you're wrong because you're just asking a question. I'm sure. Yeah. So I think that's a pro tip that, that, Hey, a pro tip, a better way of, of floating out your idea that may or may not be right. And we want to be a safe place for you to float out ideas so we can help you. Um, I don't know how you float out an idea, but anyway. So to me, it means, let's just, let's just pose our musings as questions in that way. Someone who maybe studied, who, who maybe did the homework can say, right. yeah, let me, res- let me answer your question sure. uh, with something that is true. Right. All right. Ready to move on to the next uh, slogan, cheesy, jelly-ish yes. slogan? Next bite of jelly for this episode is number five, make Jesus, Lord. Okay. Oh. So at this point in time, I want to ask Mike what the positive of this is, but 
I'm, I, I I'm can, feeling kind of negative he, today. He, Why don't you answer that? He's got his black shirt on over there. <laughs> he's all ready to be to attack it. I'm so struggling I, with the positive. So I'm going to be the positive guy. That's so a good idea. To the positive, you know, we, we do want to do the right thing. We want to obey Jesus. Christians should be all about saying, hey, uh, Jesus died for me. Jesus lived for me. Jesus was raised for me. Uh, I'll do anything. I'll follow him. I'll do anything he asks. I know that it's what's best. Hmm. And so there's something very commendable when I hear someone say, you know, I've made Jesus Lord of my life. Okay. That means I've made him the center of my life. It means what he says is not optional, but it's actually good and it's right and and it's what i must do mm. so if you love me you'll keep my commandments so that that kind of stuff is really helpful i don't think we should say make jesus lord um why well why he, mr negative over <laughs> there he is lord uh oh, and for you mic to, drop I, mic drop m-i-k-e mic drop yeah he is lord and so for people to say i made jesus the lord of my life <laughs> I, he, he, already, is Lord. he already was he, the Lord of your life. Was, right. He's the Lord of everything, right? And, and again, it's like we said, we understand what people are trying to say by it, but eh, maybe we should look behind it a little bit and maybe, maybe let, retire that. Yeah, let's give that one a gold watch. Yeah. I mean, say, yeah. see ya. So the only one who makes Jesus Lord is God himself, not us. That's right. It was David who talked about the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Yeah. And so Psalm 110, it's in Acts chapter 2, verse 34. So that's, that's pre-incarnation, actually. Uh, and he's referred to as Lord. So we, he, he is the Lord, right. ultimately. And then he did come to earth and humble himself. I think of Philippians chapter 2, mm-hmm. verses 5 to 11. And because of what he accomplished and because of his self-humility, uh, uh, you do have this every tongue confessing that Jesus Christ will become your own Lord. No, mm. uh, he is Lord yeah. over all. So he's highly exalted, even all the more so on earth because of his humility. So G- I, I like what you're saying, Mike. You're right. Um, right. You yeah. don't make Jesus Lord. Jesus is, is Lord. Lord. He yeah. was Lord. Um, and so let's acknowledge that and maybe change the way we talk a little bit right. about things. I do love the idea of Lord, though. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that he's not a corrupt Lord like all other lords. Uh, he's kind and gracious and merciful. He always does what is best for his subjects. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a kind master, a generous master who will protect us and provide for us. So it is a, it is a great theme of Scripture uh, that Jesus is Lord. Let's move on to number six, and that is Mike. I think we need to maybe work harder at redeeming the culture. Oh, yes. We, we do. Need to we re- need to redeem, we need to redeem the culture. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Cultural transformation. Yes. This is confusing because while we want the world to be a better place and we want it to be transformed in a certain sense, um, culture, we don't redeem culture. No. Um, well, I, the best I can read my Bible, it seems like people are redeemed. Yes. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> it seems like Jesus redeemed people, but he he, he didn't die for the culture. Right, yeah. Uh, and so I think Christians want to change the culture. They want to influence the culture. I certainly want to do that. Sure, yeah. Uh, we don't become salt and light either, by the way. Jesus says we are salt we and are, light. yeah. So we, we want to influence. That's for sure true. But redeeming culture... I think is a big problem because when we think we're going to redeem the culture, we probably lose sight of the fact uh, that we're not thinking about evangelizing people and we're not going to redeem people either, but right. we want people to trust in the redeemer. Yes. Um, and so it's not about changing the culture as much it is as it is about 
evangelizing those in the culture. Yeah. That may lead to positive change. It may lead to more persecution. Sure. Yeah. Um, so let's get this straight in our minds. Christ is the redeemer of sinners. He's mm-hmm. not the redeemer of the culture, uh, unless we acknowledge the fact that, you know, one day he'll make every wrong right. Yeah. When he returns, uh, I still don't want to call it redeeming the culture, <laughs> yeah. but, but even the creation groans for that day, according yeah. to Romans chapter yep, yep. eight. So in the best sense, um, yeah, the cult- culture is going to be transformed, but we're not the ones who are going to do that. Uh, we might have it, it, it may get better for a while. Uh, it may get worse for a while. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, w- sinners are redeemed, not the culture is, is going to be my quick take on that. And when we talk about redeeming the culture, I think we're, we're once again sounding a lot like theological liberals hmm. uh, that Mach encountered uh, in his Christianity and liberalism. Uh, and because we're not focusing on people being sinners, needing to trust in the Savior. Um, so that, that's part of it. There's more to it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about more to it? You know, Pat, maybe someday we should do uh, an episode on the cultural mandate. Uh, that would be related to this that would uh, be. idea of redeeming culture. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. We'll do an episode someday on the cultural mandate. By that, we mean what Adam was given to do as his responsibility as the federal head of the human race. Right. And he was to have dominion over yep. uh, as the first Adam. And we believe that Jesus, as the last Adam, did in fact do that very thing, yeah. uh, and we're waiting for his return where, when that will be consummated. But we do need to think clearly in terms of the two Adams of Romans 5 and 1 Corinthians 15, because if we don't, and we think somehow now we've been given the cultural mandate um, to have dominion over exactly like the first Adam, mm, yeah. we're going to lose sight of the fact that actually Jesus, there, there, there are two federal heads mm. and, and they would not be us. Yeah. And so a lot of times there's a weak view of the work of Christ as the last Adam in circles where we talk about the, the redeeming the culture kind of idea. Yeah that somehow it's left up to us and we have a do-over yeah, yeah, when, yeah. in fact, Jesus is the one who does it. So there is a sense in which we still have that responsibility. I think uh, it's Dave Van Drunen that talks about it, that, about it as it's the cultural mandate is now refracted. Mm. Uh, it looks different. So we do want to make a difference in the world. God, is, God has given us responsibilities, but at the same time, uh, not in the first or last Adam sense. Right, yeah. So redeeming the culture, probably a category foul. Um, we don't tend to speak in those terms. I want to make a difference yeah. uh, in the city I live in, in the country I live in. Um, but that's making a difference is not necessarily, or I would say it is not gospel ministry yeah. to make the freeway cleaner. Yeah, yeah, um, that's not gospel ministry. <laughs> Or, or something like that. So sure. uh, all of a sudden now we're, we're confusing re- redemptive categories with common categories. Let's do that. Yep. Uh, let's think of it in those kinds of terms. Gotcha. One is lasting. The other one is not lasting. Yes. So I yeah, we'll tackle, helpful. we'll tackle that on a different one. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up this episode of Evangelikitsch 2.0. Talk very quietly on this last one. Oh, sorry. The last 2.0 Evangelikitsch is. Yeah. We're going to have a quiet time. <laughs> quiet time. We're going to have a time of being quiet. If we're going to get so quiet toward the end. We're going to sign off and say, see you next time. See on you the next time. <laughs> so, okay. Again, I'm Mr. Positive over here. Um, Debbie Downer over there in the Iowa Hawkeyes black shirt um, <laughs> is going to be negative about it. But I'm just going to say, 
it's good to read your Bible. It's good to read your Bible and pray. It's good to have some time where you can meditate upon God's word. And if that's what you mean by a quiet time, I am all for a quiet time. Yes. The the problem comes, Mr. Negative over here, the problem comes when we get in the discussion about spiritual disciplines, mandating spiritual disciplines, essentially turning it into a, a legalistic list of things that have to get done. Like you have to be quiet. Maybe I, I like time. to talk during my quiet time. Yeah. Well, hey, that's okay. Right. As long as you whisper. We're going to have a loud private time <laughs> with Jesus. I like to crank it up to 11 while I'm having my quiet time. Uh, no, it's just be careful. Uh, we would encourage listeners to be careful when you're thinking about quiet time. That's right. Not making these spiritual disciplines the end all that meets all. Yeah, I think a good litmus test for some of these things, whether or not they need to be, um, I don't know, at least given the stink eye or <laughs> or something, <laughs> is how, what would an unbeliever think if you if you said this to them? Hey, how's your quiet time? <laughs> Or maybe not an unbeliever, brand new Christian, and you say, hey, how's your quiet time? Yeah. I'm going to be like, are you questioning my masculinity? Right. Or, <laughs> what are you talking about? What does that even mean? What, what are you, you talking about? Yeah. And um, I, it, too, it's not everybody's looks the same, and the way that happens is not the same for everybody. So it's almost like this uh, unspoken standard gets developed in people's minds of what it has to look like, how long it has to be, how many times it has to be, multiple, you know, those kinds of things. And so there just becomes a danger uh, when we just get this heightened focus on a quiet <laughs> daily time in the word is great. Meditating on God's word is great. The Bible yes. says pray without ceasing. Yeah. So we, we do want to, let us pray. Okay, we do want to have these things as a part of our, our life. They are important, but maybe we can label them something different just to think in different terms. I hope this is helpful. I hope you're thinking through the pros and cons of some of these things that we've inherited, some of these things yeah. that we've come up with ourselves, and maybe in 10 years, maybe in five years, maybe in 10 minutes, we're going to look back on things that we, even right now, are not on, uh, even things we say right now and aren't on our list, Yeah, and we're going to say, we probably need to make a change Won't there. that be interesting? That's a little bit dated. Mike, I'm already looking forward to the next episode, but in the meantime, we probably need to wrap things up and sign off. Yes. Well, thank you for listening to The Pactum. We're so thankful for our listeners that are part of The Pactumverse. You can find us on Twitter at The Pactum. You can find us on Instagram at The Pactum Theology, and you can always be in touch with us. Connect at thepactum.org. We'll see you here next time on The Pactum. The Pactum.